the law school of america in the united states freedom of religion is a constitutionally protected right provided in the religion clauses of the first amendment freedom of religion is closely associated with separation of church and state a concept advocated by colonial founders such as dr john clark roger williams william penn and later founding fathers such as James Madison and Thomas Jefferson. The freedom of religion has changed over time in the United States and continues to be controversial. Concern over this freedom was a major topic of George Washington's farewell address. Illegal religion was a major cause of the 1890-1891 Ghost Dance War. Starting in 1918, nearly all of the pacifist Hutterites emigrated to Canada when Joseph and Michael Hofer died following torture for conscientious objection to the draft. Some have since returned, but most Hutterites remain in Canada. The long-term trend has been towards increasing secularization of the government. The remaining state churches were disestablished in 1820 and teacher-led public school prayer was abolished in 1962, but the military chaplaincy remains to the present day. Although most Supreme Court rulings have been accommodationist towards religion, in recent years there have been attempts to replace the freedom of religion with the more limited freedom of worship. Although the freedom of religion includes some form of recognition to the individual conscience of each citizen with the possibility of conscientious objection to law or policy, the freedom of worship does not. Controversies surrounding the freedom of religion in the U.S. have included building places of worship, compulsory speech, prohibited counseling, compulsory consumerism, workplace, marriage and the family, the choosing of religious leaders, circumcision of male infants, dress, education, oaths praying for sick people, medical care, worshipping during quarantines, use of government land sacred to Native Americans, the protection of graves, the bodily use of sacred substances, mass incarceration of clergy, both animal slaughter for meat and the use of living animals, and accommodations for employees, prisoners, and military personnel. Legal and Public Foundation The United States Constitution addresses the issue of religion in two places, in the First Amendment, and the Article V prohibition on religious tests as a condition for holding public office. The First Amendment prohibits the Congress from making a law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. This provision was later expanded to state and local governments, through the incorporation of the First Amendment. Colonial Precedents The October 10, 1645, Charter of Flushing, Queens, New York, allowed liberty of conscience according to the custom and practice of Holland without molestation or disturbance from any magistrate or ecclesiastical minister. However, New Amsterdam Director General Peter Stuyvesant issued an edict prohibiting the harboring of Quakers. On December 27, 1657, the inhabitants of Flushing approved a protest known as the Flushing Remonstrance. This contained religious arguments even mentioning freedom for Jews, Turks, and Egyptians, but ended with a forceful declaration that any infringement of the town charter would not be tolerated. Freedom of religion was first applied as a principle in the founding of the Colony of Maryland, also founded by the Catholic Lord Baltimore, in 1634. Fifteen years later, 1649, an enactment of religious liberty, the Maryland Toleration Act, drafted by Lord Baltimore, provided, no person or persons, shall from henceforth be any ways troubled, molested or discountenanced for or in respect of his or her religion nor in the free exercise thereof. The Maryland Toleration Act was repealed with the assistance of Protestant assemblymen and a new law barring Catholics from openly practicing their religion was passed. In 1657, Lord Baltimore regained control after making a deal with the colony's Protestants, 
and in 1658 the act was again passed by the Colonial Assembly. This time, it would last more than 30 years, until 1692, when after Maryland's Protestant Revolution of 1689, freedom of religion was again rescinded. In addition in 1704, an act was passed to prevent the growth of popery in this province, preventing Catholics from holding political office. Full religious toleration would not be restored in Maryland until the American Revolution, when Maryland's Charles Carroll of Carrollton signed the American Declaration of Independence. Rhode Island, 1636, Connecticut, 1636, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, 1682, founded by Baptist Roger Williams, Congregationalist Thomas Hooker, and Quaker William Penn, respectively, established the religious freedom in their colonies in direct opposition to the theocratic government which separatist Congregationalists, Pilgrim Fathers, and Puritans had enforced in Plymouth Colony, 1620, and Massachusetts Bay Colony, 1628. Having fled religious persecution themselves in England, the leaders of Plymouth and Massachusetts Bay Colony restricted franchise to members of their church only, rigorously enforced their own interpretation of theological law and banished freethinkers such as Roger Williams, who was actually chased out of Salem, as well as banning Quakers and Anabaptists. These colonies became safe havens for persecuted religious minorities. Catholics and Jews also had full citizenship and free exercise of their faiths. Williams, Hooker, Penn, and their friends were firmly convinced that democracy and freedom of conscience were the will of God. Williams gave the most profound theological reason, as faith is the free gift of the Holy Spirit, it cannot be forced upon a person. Therefore, strict separation of church and state has to be kept. Pennsylvania was the only colony that retained unlimited religious freedom until the foundation of the United States. The inseparable connection of democracy, freedom of religion, and the other forms of freedom became the political and legal basis of the new nation. In particular, Baptists and Presbyterians demanded vigorously and successfully the disestablishment of the Anglican and Congregational state churches that had existed in most colonies since the 17th century. The First Amendment. In the United States, the religious and civil liberties are guaranteed by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The Establishment Clause, stating that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, is generally read to prohibit the federal government from establishing a national church, religion, or excessively involving itself in religion particularly to the benefit of one religion over another. Following the ratification of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution and through the doctrine of incorporation, this restriction is held to be applicable to state governments as well. The Free Exercise Clause states that Congress cannot prohibit the free exercise of religious practices. The Supreme Court of the United States has consistently held, however, that the right to free exercise of religion is not absolute. For example, in the 19th century, some of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints traditionally practiced polygamy, yet in Reynolds v. United States, 1879, the Supreme Court upheld the criminal conviction of one of these members under a federal law banning polygamy. The court reasoned that to do otherwise would set precedent for a full range of religious beliefs including those as extreme as human sacrifice. The court stated that laws are made for the government of actions, and while they cannot interfere with mere religious belief and opinions, they may with practices. For example, 
If one were part of a religion that believed in vampirism, the First Amendment would protect one's belief in vampirism, but not the practice. The Fourteenth Amendment The Fourteenth Amendment to the United States Constitution guarantees religious civil rights. Whereas the First Amendment secures the free exercise of religion, Section 1 of the Fourteenth Amendment prohibits discrimination, including on the basis of religion, by securing the equal protection of the laws for every person. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property, without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. This amendment was cited in Meyer v. Nebraska striking down laws which banned education in the German language. These laws mainly affected church schools teaching in German. Some laws, such as in Montana, forbade preaching in German during church. A total ban on teaching German in both public and private schools was imposed for a time in at least 14 states, including California, Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio, Iowa, and Nebraska. California's ban lasted into the mid-1920s. German was banned again in California churches in 1941. The Wall of Separation Thomas Jefferson wrote that the First Amendment directed a wall of separation between church and state likely borrowing the language from Roger Williams, founder of the First Baptist Church in America and the Colony of Rhode Island, who used the phrase in his 1644 book, The Bloody Tenant of Persecution. James Madison, often regarded as the father of the Bill of Rights, also often wrote of the perfect separation line of separation, strongly guarded as is the separation between religion and government in the Constitution of the United States, and total separation of the Church from the state. Madison explicitly credited Martin Luther as the theorist who led the way in providing the proper distinction between the civil and the ecclesiastical spheres with his doctrine of the two kingdoms. Controversy rages in the United States between those who wish to restrict government involvement with religious institutions and remove religious references from government institutions and property, and those who wish to loosen such prohibitions. Advocates for stronger separation of church and state, such as already exist in France with the practice of laicite, emphasize the plurality of faiths and non-faiths in the country, and what they see as broad guarantees of the federal constitution. Their opponents emphasize what they see as the largely Christian heritage and history of the nation, often citing the references to nature's God and the creator of men in the Declaration of Independence and the dating of the Constitution with the phrase in the year of our Lord. While broad defenses of religious freedom were historically understood as ideologically liberal, it has been opined that in the 21st century they are understood as ideologically conservative. Some more socially conservative Christian sects, such as the Christian Reconstructionist movement, oppose the concept of a wall of separation and prefer a closer relationship between church and state. Problems also arise in U.S. public schools concerning the teaching and display of religious issues. In various counties, school choice and school vouchers have been put forward as solutions to accommodate variety in beliefs and freedom of religion, by allowing individual school boards to choose between a secular, religious or multi-faith vocation, and allowing parents free choice among these schools. Critics of American voucher programs claim that they take funds away from public schools, and that the amount of funds given by vouchers is not enough to help many middle and working class parents. U.S. judges often ordered alcoholic defendants to attend Alcoholics Anonymous or face imprisonment. However, in 1999, 
a federal appeals court ruled this unconstitutional because the AIA program relies on submission to a higher power. Thomas Jefferson also played a large role in the formation of freedom of religion. He created the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom, which has since been incorporated into the Virginia State Constitution. Now a word from our sponsor, the Law School of America. Other Statements Inalienable Rights The United States of America was established on foundational principles by the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, based on Thomas Jefferson's draft. Religious Institutions In 1944, a joint committee of the Federal Council of Churches of Christ in America and the Foreign Missions Conference formulated a statement on religious liberty. Religious liberty shall be interpreted to include freedom to worship according to conscience and to bring up children in the faith of their parents, freedom for the individual to change his religion, freedom to preach, educate, publish and carry on missionary activities, and freedom to organize with others, and to acquire and hold property, for these purposes. Freedom of Religion Restoration Following increasing government involvement in religious matters, Congress passed the 1993 Religious Freedom Restoration Act. A number of states then passed corresponding acts, for example, Missouri passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Treaty of Tripoli Signed on November 4, 1796, the Treaty of Tripoli was a document that included the following statement. As the government of the United States of America is not, in any sense, founded on the Christian religion, as it has in itself no character of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility, of Muslimen, and as the said states never entered into any war or act of hostility against any Mohammedan nation, it is declared by the parties that no pretext arising from religious opinions shall ever produce an interruption of the harmony existing between the two countries. This treaty was submitted to the Senate and was ratified unanimously on June 7, 1797, and then signed by President John Adams on June 10, 1797. In accordance with Article V of the Constitution, on that date this treaty became incorporated as part of the supreme law of the land. Supreme Court Rulings Jehovah's Witnesses Since the 1940s, the Jehovah's Witnesses have often invoked the First Amendment's Freedom of Religion clauses to protect their ability to engage in the proselytizing, or preaching, that is central to their faith. This series of litigation has helped to define civil liberties case law in the United States and Canada. In the United States of America and several other countries, the legal struggles of the Jehovah's Witnesses have yielded some of the most important judicial decisions regarding freedom of religion, press and speech. In the United States, many Supreme Court cases involving Jehovah's Witnesses are now landmark decisions of First Amendment law. Of the 72 cases involving the Jehovah's Witnesses that have been brought before the U.S. Supreme Court, the Court has ruled in favor of them 47 times. Even the cases that the Jehovah's Witnesses lost helped the U.S. to more clearly define the limits of First Amendment rights. Former Supreme Court Justice Harlan Stone jokingly suggested that Jehovah's Witnesses ought to have an endowment in view of the aid which they give in solving the legal problems of civil liberties. Like it or not, observed American author and editor Irving Dilliard, Jehovah's Witnesses have done more to help preserve our freedoms than any other religious group. Professor C.S. Braden wrote, they have performed a signal service to democracy by their fight to preserve their civil rights, for in their struggle they have done much to secure those rights for every minority group in America. 
The cases that the witnesses were involved in form the bedrock of First Amendment protections for all citizens, said Paul Polidoro, a lawyer who argued the Watchtower Society's case before the Supreme Court in February 2002. These cases were a good vehicle for the courts to address the protections that were to be accorded free speech, the free press and free exercise of religion. In addition, the cases marked the emergence of individual rights as an issue within the U.S. court system. Before the Jehovah's Witnesses brought several dozen cases before the U.S. Supreme Court during the 1930s and 1940s, the court had handled few cases contesting laws that restricted freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Until then, the First Amendment had only been applied to Congress and the federal government. However, the cases brought before the court by the Jehovah's Witnesses allowed the court to consider a range of issues, mandatory flag salute, sedition, free speech, literature distribution and military draft law. These cases proved to be pivotal moments in the formation of constitutional law. Jehovah's Witnesses' court victories have strengthened rights including the protection of religious conduct from federal and state interference, the right to abstain from patriotic rituals and military service and the right to engage in public discourse. During the World War II era, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of Jehovah's Witnesses in several landmark cases that helped pave the way for the modern civil rights movement. In all, Jehovah's Witnesses brought 23 separate First Amendment actions before the U.S. Supreme Court between 1938 and 1946. Lemon Test The Supreme Court has consistently held fast to the rule of strict separation of church and state when matters of prayer are involved. In Engel v. Vitale, 1962, the court ruled that government-imposed non-denominational prayer in public school was unconstitutional. In Levy-Wiseman, 1992, the court ruled prayer established by a school principal at a middle school graduation was also unconstitutional, and in Santa Fe Independent School Dist. Vito, 2000, it ruled that school officials may not directly impose student-led prayer during high school football games nor establish an official student election process for the purpose of indirectly establishing such prayer. The distinction between force of government and individual liberty is the cornerstone of such cases. Each case restricts acts by the government designed to establish prayer while explicitly or implicitly affirming students' individual freedom to pray. The court has therefore tried to determine a way to deal with church-slash-state questions. In Lemon v. Kurtzman, 1971, the court created a three-part test for laws dealing with religious establishments. This determined that a law was constitutional if it 1 had a secular purpose. 2. Neither advanced nor inhibited religion. 3. Did not foster an excessive government entanglement with religion. Some examples of where inhibiting religion has been struck down. In Widmer v. Vincent, 1981, the court ruled that a Missouri law prohibiting religious groups from using state university grounds and buildings for religious worship was unconstitutional. As a result, Congress decided in 1984 that this should apply to secondary and primary schools as well, passing the Equal Access Act, which prevents public schools from discriminating against students based on religious, political, philosophical or other content of the speech at such meetings. In Board of Education of Westside Community Schools v. Mergens, 1990, the court upheld this law when it ruled that a school board's refusal to allow a Christian Bible club to meet in a public high school classroom violated the act. In Good News Club v. Milford Central School, 2001, the court ruled that religious groups must be allowed to use public schools after hours if the same access is granted to other community groups. In Rosenberger v. Rector and Visitors of the University of Virginia, 1995, 
the Supreme Court found that the University of Virginia was unconstitutionally withholding funds from a religious student magazine. Masterpiece Cake Shop, Kleinby, Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries is similar. In June 2019, the Supreme Court vacated a ruling by the Oregon Appeals Court, requiring that court to rehear the case in the light of the Masterpiece Cake Shop v. Colorado Civil Rights Commission decision in 2018. State Constitutions and Laws Under the doctrine of incorporation, the First Amendment has been made applicable to the states. Therefore, the states must guarantee the freedom of religion in the same way the federal government must. Many states have freedom of religion established in their constitution, though the exact legal consequences of this right vary for historical and cultural reasons. Most states interpret freedom of religion as including the freedom of long-established religious communities to remain intact and not be destroyed. By extension, democracies interpret freedom of religion as the right of each individual to freely choose to convert from one religion to another, mix religions, or abandon religion altogether. Public Offices and the Military Religious Tests The affirmation or denial of specific religious beliefs had, in the past, been made into qualifications for public office, however, the United States Constitution states that the inauguration of a president may include an affirmation of the faithful execution of his duties rather than an oath to that effect, this provision was included in order to respect the religious prerogatives of the Quakers, a Protestant Christian denomination that declines the swearing of oaths. The U.S. Constitution also provides that no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification of any office or public trust under the United States. Several states have language included in their constitutions that require state officeholders to have particular religious beliefs. These include Arkansas, Maryland, Massachusetts, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. Some of these beliefs, or oaths, were historically required of jurors and witnesses in court. Even though they are still on the books, these provisions have been rendered unenforceable by U.S. Supreme Court decisions. With reference to the use of animals, the U.S. Supreme Court decision in the cases of the Church of the Lukumi Babalu IV City of Hialeah in 1993 upheld the right of Santeria adherents to practice ritual animal sacrifice with Justice Anthony Kennedy stating in the decision, religious beliefs need not be acceptable, logical, consistent or comprehensible to others in order to merit First Amendment protection. Quoted by Justice Kennedy from the opinion by Justice Berger and Thomas V. Review Board of the Indiana Employment Security Division, 1981, likewise in Texas in 2009, issues that related to animal sacrifice and animal rights were taken to the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in the case of Jose Merced, President Templo Yoruba Omorisha Texas Incorporated, v. City of Eulis. The court ruled that the free exercise of religion was meritorious and prevailing and that Merced was entitled under the Texas Religious Freedom and Restoration Act, TRIFRA, to an injunction preventing the city of Euless, Texas from enforcing its ordinances that burdened his religious practices relating to the use of animals. Religious liberty has not prohibited states or the federal government from prohibiting or regulating certain behaviors, i.e. prostitution, gambling, alcohol and certain drugs although some libertarians interpret religious freedom to extend to these behaviors. The United States Supreme Court has ruled that a right to privacy or a due process right does prevent the government from prohibiting adult access to birth control, pornography, and from outlawing sodomy between consenting adults and early trimester abortions. In practice committees questioning nominees for public office sometimes ask detailed questions about their religious beliefs. The political reason for this may be to expose the nominee to public ridicule for holding a religious belief contrary to the majority of the population. 
This practice has drawn ire from some for violating the No Religious Test Clause. States. Some state constitutions in the U.S. require belief in God or a supreme being as a prerequisite for holding public office or being a witness in court. This applies to Arkansas, Maryland, Mississippi, North Carolina, where the requirement was challenged and overturned in Voswinkel v. Hunt, 1979, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas, debatably. A unanimous 1961 U.S. Supreme Court decision in Torquesil v. Watkins held that the First and Fourteenth Amendments to the federal Constitution override these state requirements, so they are not enforced. Oath of Public Office The No Religious Test Clause of the U.S. Constitution states that no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Although it has become tradition for U.S. presidents to end their presidential oath with So Help Me God. This is not required by the Constitution. The same applies to the Vice President, the House of Representatives, the Senate, the members of the Cabinet, and all other civil and military officers and federal employees, who can either make an affirmation or take an oath ending with So Help Me God. Military. After reports in August 2010 that soldiers who refused to attend a Christian band's concert at a Virginia military base were essentially punished by being banished to their barracks and told to clean them up. An army spokesman said that an investigation was underway and if something like that were to have happened, it would be contrary to army policy. Religious holidays and work. Problems sometimes arise in the workplace concerning religious observance when a private employer discharges an employee for failure to report to work on what the employee considers a holy day or a day of rest. In the United States, the view that has generally prevailed is that firing for any cause in general renders a former employee ineligible for unemployment compensation but that this is no longer the case if the cause is religious in nature, especially an employee's unwillingness to work during Jewish Shabbat, Christian Sabbath, Hindu Diwali, or Muslim Jumu'ah. The Law School of America This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America.